Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Jimbo Paris here. Welcome to the show. Okay. Today we have Tony Lynch. Great man. Let's see what he has to say. How's it going, Tony? I'm doing well, brother. How you doing? Great. Great. So can you please provide me a bit of a brief summary of yourself? Who are you? What are you about? And what is your message? Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, I'm Tony Lynch, and I'm 47, and I'm in Loveland, Colorado. And I run a nonprofit, uh, Members of Us, for men who have lost loved ones. And it came after my own struggles with loss, and that included my grandparents, um, all of them, my younger brother, both of my parents and my son. <laughs> and as a man in society, we we don't have anywhere that we can actually go and, and talk about these things because for majority of our lives, we've always been taught to not express, right? We've been taught the man up to, to keep your head up and keep moving forward. What ends up happening is that we express those things in different ways. It manifests itself. And being a man who have gone through that, I thought, you know, there was there was a gap in it. And I wanted to fill that gap to provide a space for a man like myself to have a place to where we can talk and actually explore what being a man really is, those emotions, and be able to have those conversations about it. You know, so, so my mission ever since then been to work with other men um, to bring better resources to communities that oftentimes don't even know those resources are out there and provide a space for us men to actually be men, you know, to talk about these things, to actually grieve um, what we're going through and be supported and be heard and be validated and, you know, have a brotherhood of other men like ourselves that are going, you know what, it's okay not to be okay. And you mentioned uh, brotherhood. How did you begin building this brotherhood? Well, <clears throat> you know, that came, from a, that came from going through what most people call the five stages of grief. And uh, But what it did is, is that it didn't look like what other people told me it looked like, right? It, it wasn't anything that I read in a book. And my grief never looked like that. It looked like it looked like bad decisions. It looked like anger. It looked like isolation. It looked like um, addiction. It looked like homelessness and you know um, suicide. And trust me, I went through every last one of those. And that's where I started making the connection. I was like, wow, there's a huge misunderstanding about how men grieve. So my journey took me there. And I decided one day, I was like, you know, I wanted to, I want to connect with other men just like myself. And but I want to do it in a way to where I can give. And so therefore I, I came up with the idea of starting a nonprofit. And it just came from out of a um being in a garage with my friends and bouncing around these ideas. But it for me, it was something more. It was like a burden that was put on me that I knew that I had to do. And then something said, no, just do it. And I didn't know what I was doing. And here we are almost three years later and my nonprofit benefits those men 
just in so many different ways of helping others understand, being mindful of what men go through, right? Helping families like like our loved ones and everything. When we go through loss, we don't talk to them. They often they often are there in the beginning, but then they kind of dwindle away, right? Because of the things that we've been taught. Most men in your family will tell you, man up, hey, men don't cry. You know, all of these things that are damaging to, to the male psyche. It was like, no, we have to do something different. Men don't carry around pictures of our loved ones to show off to other people. We keep those things up here where, where we can protect them. So memories of us, it's for every man who has a memory of a loved one that, that you cherish. This is the place that we can cherish those memories with you. We're not asking you to come meet us where we are, right? We, we want to come with you in the mud and, and walk with you and support you and sit with you if that's what you need to be. So that's how Memories of Us came out to be. And then I wanted another way to open up the doors to normalize those conversations between men. So I started a podcast. Over the, like, the last eight, nine months, the doors have opened because we've had so many people come in and say, hey, you know, what, what can I do if, if, if I'm going through this? And I often tell them, look, I can't, I don't know what to do from your half, but what I can do is that I can put you in touch with someone that understands it more than I do. It's all about staying in your lane. And that's what we're all about. We're all about um, the communities. We're all about providing these resources to these communities, man, that actually really desperately needs it, but also connecting with other men and um, forming, like I said, that brotherhood, that camaraderie. I'll be that guy if you need to call me, no matter what time it is, I am your brother and I'm your accountability partner. I'm here to make sure that you know that it's it's okay where you're at, but it's not okay to give up. And I want to be with you. I want to support you and walk with you. How did sharing your story help you personally? Do you think being a voice for others kind of helped to strengthen you too as a man? Well, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. There's nothing more powerful than uh, feeling the healing power of someone um, that actually gets it, right? Especially another man, someone that I can relate to. So every time I do this, yes, it's part of my healing because it helps me understand how to help the next man because we all grieve differently. Now, I can base everything around my experiences and the vastness of it, but it still doesn't, it, it doesn't um, provide what the next person may need. It's just opening up doors for me to understand better. So yes, every time I share my story with someone, it helps me to remember why I do what I do. Because my story is not about me. My story is there to help someone else, to be their survival guide as they start to navigate through this world, right? The next man going through it, just like hunters and, and gatherers and things like that. We share these stories because we want someone else to not feel alone. We we want the next man to come in and go, you know what? There's a better option than suicide. There's a better option, you know, um, than addiction and things like that. You just have to be around the right people and said, you know what? Instead of man up, we want to help you stand up. And so we lend out that helping hand. You know, when you go through things like that and you're left alone in this world, life Life can be real confusing for a man. You know, on one hand, you want to run. You want to destroy everything that's about you, right? 
you and, and everything that's around you. And that's initially that's what we do. Now, when when you're when you're taught to suppress those things, now it becomes an inward type of destruction because now we don't have any outlet because we're so used to people telling us, you know, what do, what's wrong with you? You know, um, yeah, why are you crying? You know, or the favorite, our favorite one from when we were kids, keep crying or I give you something else to cry for, right? What do you think you're telling us men when we get older? It makes us, it makes us really bad husbands and, and boyfriends and things like that, right? Because as soon as your girlfriend or your or your wife or someone tells you, you know, what's wrong with you, the first thing that we do is go, well, if you don't know, then I'm not going to tell you. So therefore, I'm just not going to tell you and I'm going to deal with it my own way because no one cares about what we go through. That's why we never reach out because we feel that way. No one cares about, we're a man. Who am I supposed to call to? Who am I supposed to reach out to? No one cares about what I'm going through, right? That's, that's where memories of us stand uh, comes in because we do care about what you're going through. We wanna listen to you. We wanna be there in those hard moments because for one, each and every last one of us have been there and we know what it feels like to be alone and feels and feel like the world is against you and the only way out is i'm going to take my own life how do you think you could convince men to sort of take control of their lives and sort of find a tribe that works for them how do you kind of push men out of the initial uh, i don't even know how to describe it maybe a you know barrier of resistance that's the, that's the hard part, and most of it is just showing relation, right? If you see another man, like you see me over here talking about the things that I've gone through, and maybe I say something that you can relate to, you it's men are curious by nature, and so you go, man, I want to know more about this guy and what's going on. We don't want to tell everybody that that's what we're seeking, but deep down inside, it's like, whoa. This guy actually gets it. He's he's speaking my language. So it's not a matter of convincing them. It's a matter of opening up the space for them to make the choice to come and see what it's about. Right. And, and see what that brotherhood and that camaraderie and that support feels like. So we never you never want to force somebody to do something that they're not comfortable with doing. Most men aren't comfortable in groups because we're afraid to talk. But you put men in the same in, in in the group that have something in relation with them, where the conversation kind of leads itself. So you know, it's just creating opportunities for us, you know, and showing myself as the man on the other end, like brother, I'm I'm right here with you. I know what it's like to fit to to be okay, right? You know what I'm saying? That word okay means so much more. Then you start to understand that. You're not by yourself, that things, other things are possible. You, the outcome that you're thinking that you need to have is not the one that you need to have. That suicide thought, guess what? That's totally normal too. I've been there, been there, was real smart about mine too. Yeah, and people kind of trip about that because they're like, oh, wow, Tony, you, we, we didn't know. I know you didn't because I'm real good at hiding, hiding putting on that mask. But I, I planned out my own suicide for over two months, right? So I get it. 
I get it. So when I say that to other men, they're like, ooh, that's where that's where we connect that. Right? You know what I'm saying? I know what it's like, man. Yeah, I don't want you to walk by yourself. If you need me, I'm here. How do you think forming a tribe can help a man sort of grow himself as an individual? Like for you personally, I think you were, you know, a trash truck driver at one time. And I was. How did having a tribe kind of help you move through that? And I actually think, you know, being a trash truck driver is a pretty good job. Like, I think there are trash truck drivers in New York that make about six figures. So, yeah, I mean, it was being a trash truck driver, um, you know, was was a way of just bringing in income. Right. It's not really a career. It, It really isn't. But. You know, the people that I met during trash truck driving, man, was just just amazing. You know, I'm an introvert. So, you know, being around people was kind of new to me when I lost my son uh, and everything. You know, those same people that was at the trash truck company was the same ones that were supporting me. They knew my son. They knew the type of father I was. And so they supported me every which way. Grief is a whole other language. And only people who have experienced that grief will understand what you're actually saying. Turning on the light that's saying, hey, all you men out there like me, we're welcome here. Please come join us. Be that beacon of hope for them. And what it benefits from the men, it helps our conversations out, man. Don't be afraid to reach out and, and go, hey, I need some help. You know? I definitely understand that none of this is about you, but everyone does something because they're passionate about it. And mm-hmm. how do you advise other people on discovering their passion? Because you must do this as well because you love doing it. You know? right. Right. I don't think you see it as just, you know, a sacrifice, but you actually enjoy this yourself. Yes. No, that's that's my passion. If I, whenever I tell people to to identify the things that make them happy, it's it's something that's been passed down through years, right? Find the one thing that you do with the least amount of effort. That's your gift. That's your gift. Identify your gift, and then you spend the hours and hours and hours of beating on that craft to perfect it to your ability. So. You, this, this that I do right here, I do it because I enjoy doing it. That's where my passion is, is serving others, right? To realize that I can wake up every day and none of this has anything to do with me. Gives me the strength to keep pushing forward, right? Because I'm living in servitude to others, regardless of what happens to me. That's my, that's my goal in life. Right. You know, I don't do it for money. I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for any of that. I do it because it's the right thing to do. And that's it's really just that simple. Right. As there's no selfish intent to it. My personal goals are, man, I want to leave this place empty. I don't want anything that's inside of me to be there when I leave this place. I believe in God. When I go and stand in front of my father, I want to look at him and say that I not serve well. That I not give everything that you've given me out to the way that I was supposed to. I want to look at my family when I when I meet them again and go, did I not serve? Are you not proud of me? This is what brings me joy. 
honestly. It just brings me joy. And I can do this. I can do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year and not get a dime from it and be happy. I am happy. Right. I'm happy to be able to share this story with with you and have no exit. You know, I don't need expectations from people because I know what it's like to be disappointed. I know what it's like to be beat down and then people expect things from you as you start to get back up. I know what that's like. I do this. I do this because I enjoy doing it. I really do. Tomorrow may not come here. I have no time to be selfish, especially because my selfishness can cost someone else. No, I don't I don't want that sort of responsibility. I want to be able to go out there and go, this is who I am. Take from me what you need and be okay with that. That was an excellent answer. And sadly, this interview is coming to a close. Do you have any sort of final words you would like to say to the audience? Any input? We're actually doing a global grief conference here at the end of April, April 29th to May 2nd. And it's going to be a live stream for anyone out there who is looking for support or, you know, you just want to come and be a part of something amazing. Check us out. You know, if you're a man out there and looking for support, connect with me. I have my uh, my website. People can get in contact with me on, which is www.memories2.org. You know, go up there to check out some of the things that we have going on and um, be a part of the forums that we have going on. You know, it, our, our, our goal is to make sure that you're okay. So, you know, come up there and check us out. All right. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. And guys, this is from Mayan here. Make sure you buy Alice and Robert's book. It's a great book coming out. All right. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show.